You're welcome to Faith to Faith Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians 9 verse 11. Message translation. The word for the month is what I want to introduce to you and share some thoughts along that line. Praise the Lord. It says there, let's read together. Wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Hallelujah. Say this month is a month of generosity. For me, I will practice and experience generosity. Say it again. I will practice and experience generosity. Glory to God. Alright, I um, it would just be proper that I start you up, you know, along these lines. Of course, the scripture we're quoting is just a portion. Alright? But I want you to understand, he said, wealthy in every way. So that. That means that The reason why God wants you to be wealthy is so that you can practice generosity. Amen. Are we together? The reason why God wants you to be wealthy is so that you can what? Practice generosity. Now, not just that you can practice generosity because God doesn't need you to be wealthy before you practice generosity. But he wants you to be able to practice generosity in every way. Am I communicating? That means that if you're not wealthy, even if you can practice generosity, you might be limited in how you practice generosity. Am I communicating? And then he said, producing with us great praise to God. It means that anytime that is done, it produces great praise to God. Hallelujah. Now, let me establish something here. Um, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word generosity. Um, Generosity is an act or habit of giving. And giving freely and giving much. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? It's an act, it's a habit of giving Freely, frequently, much. But more important than any other thing I'm going to say is to know that generosity is an attribute of God. Hallelujah. 
God is generous. See, when you, we talk about God is gracious, graciousness is just a broader term for generosity. Amen. Am I communicating? Meaning that he won't hold back anything good that you ought to have. That's God's nature. So, any believer that practices generosity is acting like God. Amen. You know, in Ephesians 5 verse 1, Maybe I should read the King James, but um, the NIV would be better. But let me read KJV. In, in, in Ephesians 5, verse 1, KJV, then after that you give me the NIV. KJV says, let's read together, I want to go. Be ye therefore followers of God as their children. The problem with the King James is that the way he puts it, it's like God is going somewhere and that you're following him behind. But the thought is deeper than that. So let me read it in NIV. Thank you. Want to go? Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. That's what he was communicating. So he was talking about some other rendering saying, mimic God. Hallelujah. Have you seen where children mimic adults? You know what it means to mimic? Alright? You know, some people are very good at that. They just watch what people do. And then, especially people that are quiet. <laughs> Amen. Then, when they are with their friends or where they are comfortable, they start describing what everybody did. You'll be amazed how they got everything. Do you know how pastor used to do? Pastor used to do like this. You even know that person can talk. So, the scripture said, mimic God. That means if God gives, you also should give. Amen. Be imitators of God. Imitate God. God that didn't spare his own son, but gave him freely to you. Will he not now with his own son give you all things? He's talking about the generosity of God. Amen. The popular verse in John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Now, you know, if the scripture just said God loved, God loved the world he gave, it would mean different, something different. He said God so loved. Hallelujah. It's talking about the dimension of love. He so loved, the intensity of it, that he gave one of his angels. Amen. No, he gave his only begotten son. That means that God's generosity is propelled by his love. Amen. Are we together? It means that what makes God generous is his love. Now, what happened when you got born again? God put his love. The Bible says the love of God has been poured out. KJV will say shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. All right? Let me read it from Romans 5. Read verse, give me Romans 5, 4 and 5. Let me just show you something. Romans 5, 4 and 5. I want to read it together. Romans chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. I will need the scriptures to come up fast. I have quite a number of them. And patience, experience, and experience hope. Then verse 5. And hope 
that doesn't disappoint. Because the love of God is what? Is shared abroad. Some renews say poured out in whose heart? Our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So why did God give you his own kind of love? So that you can give like him. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now remember that God so loved that he gave. So it's telling us that the intensity of God's love provokes him or makes him to give what he values. Now that same love, glory to God, has been poured out in whose heart? Call your name. Amen. Glory to God. Now, if you are born again, the Baptist scripture is saying, is saying that the, 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 the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that was given to us. So we have that love of God. Say, I have that love of God. I have the same quality of love that God has. You know, some of you behave like you have China love. Sorry for my China people, you know, or Taiwan love. Amen. No, it's the same love that God has that he puts in your heart. And anywhere that love operates or dominates, generosity will be practiced. Am I communicating? Now, you see, when we talk about generosity, a lot of Christians don't understand it. Because the first thing that comes to the mind of the believer when you say generosity is how much he has. Generosity does not begin with what you have. Amen. The quantity of what you have. No, that's not where it begins. You can practice generosity even in the absence of abundance. What was Paul commending the Macedonian church for when he was writing to the Corinthians? Amen? Maybe I should read the scripture. Um, um, let's pick it up from 7 Corinthians 8, maybe verse 1. Uh, but I like a, a, one of the newer renderings, so I won't have to be explaining so much. Give it to me in NLT. 7 Corinthians 8, verse 1. Paul was commending the Macedonian church. Watch this. Flip to message. Let me just check something. MSG. Thank you. Let's use MSG. Now, follow me. 2 Corinthians 8.1. Are you here? Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. He's writing to the Corinthians. He's telling them the way in which God is working. How? Generous. Go back, go back, go back. He's working what? A report on the surprising, everybody says surprising, and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Verse 2. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limits. Watch. So, it's not like everything was fine. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Macedonian church, everything wasn't fine. Then it says, the trial, that's whatever they were going through, exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though, what? 
No, read it with me now. They were incredibly happy, though desperately, I don't know who's desperately poor here. Amen. They, are, they were desperately poor. If there's a wig on your head, you're not desperately poor. If there's a shoe on your feet, you're not desperately poor. Then he says, the pressure triggered something totally unexpected. An outpouring, never say an outpouring of what? Of pure and generous gifts. Are you seeing that? What's Paul talking about? He's explaining, what he's trying to point out is that you don't have to be rich to be generous. Are you understanding me? I'll say it again. You don't have to be rich to be generous. But you have to be generous to be rich. I could read further, but I've shown you what, what I want to show you. Maybe we'll just read further. Let's read verse 3. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford. Verse 4. Keep going. Let me read to verse 7. Pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of what? Poor Christians. Now remember, now they are desperately poor. They want to help the poor. That means they want to help people that are even better off than them. Amen. The relief of what? Poor Christians. Verse 5. This was totally spontaneous. Entirely their own idea. Cut us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. Now, so the, one of the verses we read said they've shown their true colors. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. Austerity brings out your true color. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Tough and difficult times bring out your true, it brings out where, where you are, your real thinking. Glory to God. Sometimes we don't know your real thinking until you are in trouble. Until there is a crisis. Verse 6. That's what prompted us, prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention. He's right to the Corinthians. So that what was so well begun could be finished up. Now, why is he telling them the story? He's telling the Corinthians to inspire them because of what the Macedonians did. Amen. Alright? So, he's writing to them. I could stop here, but I, I like reading verse 7. Amen. Read it with me. Want to go. You do so well in so many things. You trust God. You are articulate. You are insightful. You are passionate. You love us. Now, do your best in this too. What is he talking about? Go back, flip in this um, verse 7. Flip it to NLT. Uh, let me see. And then my read amplified. NLT. Watch. Good. Thank you. So I want you to understand what he's actually asking them to do. Verse 7. NLT. The same verse 7. Let's read together. I want to go. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, 
your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Amen. You know what Paul was saying? He's saying that this church, eh, they know how to pray. They know how to make confessions. They know how to prophesy among each, each other. They have faith, but they don't know how to give. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me also establish this. Giving is a culture of the kingdom. Amen. Generosity is a culture of the kingdom. That generosity is a culture. It's our culture. It's not just a command. It's a culture of the kingdom. You know, there is no community, no society, no group of people that have heard the gospel, embraced the message of the gospel, and will not be generous. Now, if I ask you, what is the most generous country in the world? You are not going to mention Nigeria. You are not going to mention Somalia. If we ask, what's the most generous country? I'm talking about generosity based on national policy. Are you understanding me? I'm not talking about just individuals, but national policy. Institutional generosity. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know it's the United States of America. Amen. Are we together? And the dominant ideology is founded on Judeo-Christianity. Amen. Am I communicating? Because there's nobody that will embrace the gospel and not adopt that culture of generosity. Am I communicating? Look at humanitarian organizations globally around the world. Most of them are founded on Christian principles. Red Cross. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, most of them. So, generosity is a culture of our kingdom. If somebody has been born again, you know, you can learn integrity. Huh? Character. But you also need to learn generosity. Praise the Lord. Is it possible for a believer not to practice generosity? It is possible. If he has not been taught. Praise the Lord. And that's why Paul was writing to them. Let's look at Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Amen. Acts 20 35. Acts 20 35. KGV. Alright. It said, let's read it together please. I have showed you all things. How that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said. What did he say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Can you help me tell your neighbor. Tell, tell the neighbor this way. And then tell the neighbor this way. So that the right ear and the left ear will hear. Amen. Tell the neighbor this way. Amen. It is more blessed. It is more blessed. In essence, what does, what does blessed mean? Okay, if, if, even without any deep theology, we know that to be blessed is to be empowered, right? You agree with that one? So, 
giving is more powerful than receiving. There are many Christians, they've heard it, they don't understand it. Because if you understand it, it will affect how you function. You know, I've been a pastor. I was calculating the other day and I said, I've been in ministry longer than I've been in any other thing in my life. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Are we together? I've been in ministry longer than I've been in any other thing. Put all the years of schooling, I've been in ministry longer. Amen. And there's something, you know, you can't do for somebody. I've watched people that have had financial hardship. When, you know, there's, 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 um, there are times where someone might just have a momentary setback. Maybe you just, you were building a house, okay? You saved up some money. Maybe you saved up 10 million. And then you were building a house. You've pushed in the 10 million into the house. And then now you don't have that money you saved again. So you need maybe some three to four months or six months to recuperate and push the building. That's normal. Are you understanding me? Good. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hardship. Everybody say hardship. Where over a prolonged, over a period of time, you, you start p- speaking pidgin English like, nothing they work for me. Things just hard. I don't understand. Check very well. There's no giving in that life. The practice of generosity has been suspended. God did not, you know, I, 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 as a minister of the New Testament, I'm very concerned sometimes about some garb that people spew out, you know, and um, in the name of trying to be doctrina- doctrinally uh, correct. For example, I hear the statement where fellows say things like, um, I've heard it so many times, you know, older ministers, younger ministers, contemporaries, I've heard it several times, where they say, oh, uh, we don't give to receive. Then I ask, so why do you give? He said, we give to give. You know, see, see, when you want to say something stupid, you know, listen, listen, let me say something. It's just like somebody saying, I don't eat to be full. Why do you eat? We don't just eat because we like the taste of food in our mouth. No. That's one reason. At the end of the day, we also eat to be full. Am I communicating? Now, if you tell me receiving or getting is not the only reason why you should give, you are correct. But now, for you to make a conclusive statement, an absolute statement, to say, no, we don't give to get, it's not correct. Because it's like someone saying, I don't pray to get answers. Okay, why are you praying? 
Are you understand what I'm saying? Hello? You're just talking rubbish. Say, I don't pray for get answers. I just enjoy praying. Listen, 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 listen. You are not wiser than God. One of the reasons why God wants you to pray is to get answers. And getting answers will endear you to come and pray again. And in praying again and again, you will be with him. Amen? God knows what he's doing. I was talking to someone and I've, sometimes I've shared in circles, you know, couples, circles and all that and all that. And I talk about one of the reasons why we get married. You know, someone say, oh, God, the idea of sexual intercourse is that God just wants us to have children. No. That's not all. He made it pleasurable so that you have children. Are you understanding me? But it's not just for production. Amen. No, it's not just for production. It's God's idea. So don't don't try to uh, you know some people. I don't know whether they're trying to help God. God, let, let me just well, let me speak for you. Let me speak for you. Um, no, 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 no. So we don't pray just because we want to be close to God. No, that is part of it. We also pray to get answers. Amen. If we were praying and not getting answers, and all we are doing is getting close to God, but we're not getting answers, we will not pray. Hello? We will not pray. So I'm back to what I'm talking about, giving. One of the major reasons why God wants you to give, that's the way resources flow in the earth. Amen. Are you listening to me? So anybody that is not practicing generosity is standing against God's plan for resources to flow in the air. Now, no matter how many times hands are laid on you, prophecies are spoken over you, um, I don't know what else you can say. Done. Deliverance is conducted for you. If you are not practicing generosity, you will have financial problems. Amen? Are you listening to me? Listen, let me explain something to you. Um, some of you have done some of the courses like Faith for Finances, and I teach you quite a lot of things about the place of work and the place of giving. None are supposed to replace each other. Alright? But you see, there are people that are okay. They have a good job. Are you understand what I'm saying? They are okay. They have, they've been to school. They have a good qualification. They're professionals in their field. They got a good job. And then from their pay, they can sustain themselves. All right? But what we're talking about is that supernatural element that comes upon your finances is connected to generosity. Amen. Do you know there are some people that are healthy? Just naturally. Are you get what I'm saying? Do you know they are poor like that? Do you know they are poor like that? That just by their natural constitution, they don't regularly fall ill. It's not, they are not Christians. They, even if they go to church, maybe they are not, they, there's no scripture they are quoting. Am I communicating? Now, 
Why is that so? There are many factors beyond our scope of discussion today. Now, then there are some people that were born with a heart condition. Then they got a hold of God's word and they are healthy. They are not living naturally. They are living supernaturally. Their health is supernatural. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, in the same way, there are some people, their finance is not supernatural. Are you listening to me? Their prosperity is not supernatural. But I'm saying that the kingdom designed that your prosperity should be supernatural. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Why should you be expecting something supernatural when you are not practicing the supernatural? Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, listen, the reason why we expect the supernatural is as I practice it. Okay? So I should expect it. So if I get to a place where something is not working, I just feel that God's going to do something now. Well, why? Maybe I was praying in tongues. Maybe, maybe I'd, I'd sown a seed. Maybe, you know, a word of the Lord was given to me. So I'm expecting the supernatural. But I'm amazed when somebody is going through hard times. He say, oh God, God do something. How will, are you understanding me? That's from where? Amen. Amen. Let me give you a great counsel. If you don't practice generosity, don't expect to experience it. Amen. Don't expect to experience it. You see, the statement Jesus made, popular Luke 6.38. Popular Luke 6.38. Let's look at it. Popular Luke 6.38. Alright? Follow me there. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. What did he say? He said, give. And what will happen? It shall be given. Now, what it means is that, do you want it to be given to you? Then he said, the way to make it happen is what? Give. And it shall be given unto you. Then he's explaining that it will not be the same measure that you gave. That there is a principle, a principle that when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Some friends will say, in a better measure. Hallelujah. Then he said, press down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Are we together? Listen. Generosity attracts generosity. Amen. Did you hear me? Yes, it does. That means I'm saying that the practice of generosity attracts the experience of generosity. You discover that when you start, you know, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. Um, give it to me in um, NLT. NLT. Second Corinthians nine six NLT. Okay, so we're going to read this down to maybe verse eight or thereabout. Are you there? Follow me now. Remember this: a farmer. You know why he's trying to use natural things to explain it to you, so that you can relate with what he's saying. A farmer who plants only a few seeds. Will get what? 
a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get what? A generous crop. You know, some people ask, um, is my receiving dependent on my giving? Yes, sir. Did you hear me? A thousand times yes. Amen. I don't think, you get what I'm saying? Yes. I learned something, you know, both by experience and by study. I was reading a book years ago. I was still in university at that time. And it was a book written by um, um, John Avanzini. Some of you might not know him. He used to be called a biblical economist or something. Um, and so, he said something in the book. He was teaching on supernatural harvest, something like that. Then he said, he met a Christian brother that had doubts about giving and receiving. So, the brother had been brought up in church. His mother is a faithful um, believer, you know, but she was now in an old people's home. So, he was telling the, uh, uh, Reverend Avanzini, he said, my mother used to give, you know. Now, she ended up in, uh, in an old people's institution. What, what was the uh, uh, benefit or reward of all her giving, you know? So, at first, Avanzini didn't feel he had the explanation for whatever she was going on. We don't have explanation for everybody's experience because I didn't see everything that the person did. Amen. You're just talking to me. It's peripheral information you're giving to me. I don't have all the information. Praise the Lord. It's not like you come and ask, I say, hey, Pastor, no, you are a medical doctor. Okay. Um, um, my, my child was convulsing. You know, and then we gave him a uh, so-so tablet to calm down. Why was he not well? Now, how can you explain the case? You start saying, well, maybe, maybe. They say no. You say maybe, maybe. Say no. Or, oh, oh, someone had malaria. Um, we bought malaria tablet for him. And then we gave it to him. He still died. Why? She can't explain that case. There are a thousand things that can happen. Maybe there was something else apart from malaria. Amen. Amen. They say, no, 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 it was malaria. Because when malaria is used to do like this, so it was malaria. (laughs) It was malaria. (laughs) Maybe they, 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 they gave him fake drug. Could be a fake tablet he finally bought. The one that came from Onisha. Amen. Are we together? Many things. So Avanzini was talking and then he said, Look, I don't know. So, but where is your mom? Then in the conversation, Ina said, Ha, my mom, although in the uh, old people's home she's in, you know, the problem I even have now is that people are always going to visit her. And the people have called me that uh, they are tired of people going to visit her and when they come, they always make a, 
mufflers for her. And so we have, they have mufflers in that old people's home. He said, oh. So, you know, I said, he said, you mean? He said, yes. He said, you say your mother. He said, yes. My mother, when she was in church, she makes mufflers for church members. The man said, it's a simple thing now. It's a muffler. She doesn't give money. She always gives muffler. <laughs> muffler is coming back. Amen. Amen. Now, the people don't talk to each other. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's a law. Somebody will be somewhere and say, oh, what would I take to this? What would I take to that? I'm sure they're giving her food in that place. Let me just show something she will put on her body to remember me. I'll write my name on it. They'll do muffler and come. Blue one with her name. Sweet mama. Another one will bring another one and say, it's in another city. He said, what would I do for? What would I do for? He's thinking, then he's shopping. He just sees a muffler that says, it is well. He said, I'll get it for her. He'll buy it and come. So she has, it is well, sweet mama. Remember, you are remembered always. She has all the kind of mufflers. And she was good at visiting. So people visit. She was the most visited person in that old people's home. The law is working. So, I'm talking about what I learned. So I studied that material and I saw what he was talking about and understood it. That's why I said, uh, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. Listen, he was not talking about, <laughs> I know that it can apply to anything. You know, you know someone say, Yes. Whatsoever you sow. I think you are disobedient to your father. <laughs> you will reap. No, he was talking about money. It was, hey, 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 hey. It's Galatians 6. He was talking about what? Money. Amen. It was in the context of money, he now talked about sowing and reaping. Am I communicating? He wasn't talking about in people's deeds, even if it could be applicable. Are you understanding me? Are you with me? Alright. So, I learned from that material. Then the second experience I had personally in my early years was that um, we were part of a youth fellowship, you know, and um, we just serving God, just love the Lord, just doing, you know, what we were taught and what we knew. So I started learning about giving and receiving. And so at that time, my greatest assets were my clothes. For a teenager, I don't know, the way teenagers dress now, maybe it might be slightly different from how we used to dress. In my day, we wore baseball caps, we wore, you know, um, Timberland boots, we wore uh, Wrangler jeans, we wore, you know, other kind of things, we wore those kind of things, you know. And um, 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 what's this other one now? Those kind of things. So those are our assets. Praise God. Chicago Bulls. <laughs> NY <laughs> Lakers. You understand that? Those are those are our assets. And we, we buy the original one. <laughs> are you understanding me? Now, so if you wanted to give something, those are the things you give. And then uh, we didn't so wear uh, ton this ton jeans you guys were wearing are wearing now. Amen. Your own madness is on another level, you know. <laughs> Ours was that we have um this um what do you call them? It's like a um, badge. Is it a badge? It's metal. This thing, they write something on it. You know, cool, I'm cool or something. We're not pin it on the jeans. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's what, that's what they Those things too expensive. It, uh, depending on which one you're using. Now, those were the things that matter to us. 
there was no phones at that time. At least if you're living in Nigeria, there were no phones at that time. So maybe you had games, you know, uh, you know, and all that. Now, if we wanted to give things, we gave those kind of things. Praise the Lord. So, I'm going for fellowship and I take a pair of jeans and I'm looking for someone to sew it to. Praise the Lord. I we together and then I give it to the person and so on and so forth. So, I discovered that I was also receiving clothes. You know, I'll give and I'll receive, I'll give and I'll receive. So, one day, what just dawned on me and I said, I discovered that I was receiving clothes but they were always second new clothes. That means somebody has used it. Then I came across, and it, it dawned on me that it's because I'm also giving used clothes. Amen. So I'm also receiving what? Used clothes. So I wanted to change the experience. Hallelujah. I chose to change the experience. So just about Christmas time, we're all teenagers at that time. My mom got me a shirt. You know, you know there, there are things that your parents will buy for you and you don't like it. You know, I remember I was already 14 or 15, but you know, I was smaller than my age mates. So my mom would still be buying all those cartoon shirts for me. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like, man, I, I, this is not what my, I, I'm not, it's not, you know, it's, not, it's actually, no, this thing, it's very beautiful, it's very nice, it's very nice. <laughs> wanted. Are you understanding me? It was the shirt I wanted. You know, they are shirt and they are shirt. <laughs> you know. And when she got it, I was like, wow. As I was just like opening it, she was like, wow. I was just thinking about how I wear it. Ah, da, 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 da. It just entered my heart. New shirt, new shirt, new shirt. Ah, you can give this one out. You can start from here. So apart from the fact that I opened it to check it, I wrapped it back. And took it to go and give it out. That was the first time I was given something brand new. I gave it out. I came for fellowship that day. And we were worshipping. I was, someone was leading worship. I was lifting my hand worshipping. When I tried to sit down, something was on my chair. When I pulled it, I saw a new pair of trousers. New this. New that. Somebody too, it has entered the person's heart to drop something for me. That's the first time they were giving me also brand new. I said, oh, 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 oh. This is how it works. I said, but it's money I want. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I started giving money. Listen. Listen. What I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing out of experience in the word. Hallelujah. I have a friend. It's just that is a known minister. I can't call his name, alright? Now, in the years past, um, he used to send me items. Let me not even mention the things he gives to me, you know. It will still maybe help you know who I'm talking about. He used to send me things. And he, he used to give those kind of things to a lot of other people because that was the field he was in at that time. And because he gives out those kind of things, he receives those kind of things. So, but he never, ever had financial testimonies. Praise the Lord. He never really had financial testimonies. 
Then, because he didn't know about financial giving, praise the Lord. Until I started talking about it, I said, look, there's a difference between financial giving and giving items. I remember the first time he brought 5,000 air. This was many years ago. And was sowing it to what we were doing. He's also a minister. He just gave it. Once he saw it was working, he became frequent. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. He started receiving money. There are many Christians here. There are some of you. Are, you know, we're all wired differently. You know, your culture, I've, I've, I've gone beyond my time that I was supposed to go, but um, maybe I'll just take another 10 minutes. Your culture can make you not generous. I'm talking about your ethnic culture. There are some cultures that are not naturally generous. They are collectors, but they are not generous. I don't know what your culture is. Then there are some cultures that they are naturally generous. But what I'm trying to bring you to is not just cultural generosity. It's generosity born out of revelation. Amen. Are you listening to me? Out of revelation. It might be easier because someone already is attuned to giving in his culture. Maybe it might be easier. But I'm talking about the one born out of, out of revelation. There are some people. They can give you. You know, there's some people that if you meet them now, they say, Ah, how are you? They'll give you biscuits. As they come to church now, they will share biscuits. You will receive biscuits. Good measure, pressed and shaken together, running over. Will men give you biscuits? Listen, learn how to give money. Praise the Lord. Did you hear me? Learn how to give money. There's something, I can't explain it to you, but there's something about giving money. I agree, there are times where I've had people that I, when I was much younger, they were far older than me and ahead, and I didn't feel that whatever I was going to give to them would make sense. You know, but I learned that I should start where I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I should start from where I am. So you have somebody that will come and say, eh, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, thank you. Maybe you, you say, I want to be a blessing to, um, I want to give to, in short, I want to start giving to the, some, some, some guys in church. Then I say, um, Washing is not, I like washing, I like washing, sure. Um, Bring your clothes. Let me just wash for you. You can start there. But once you start receiving money, start giving money. Don't stay at just washing shirt, washing shirt, washing shirt. You'll be receiving wash shirts and wash shirts. <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm not saying, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you won't get money at all. I'm saying that the measure of what will come to you will be more in the direction of what you give. Some of you will hear this. The mistake Christians make is that they practice uh, trial giving. 
You know what I mean by trial giving? Because I'm talking about now, I say, I will give, I will give. No, no, no. Giving should be your lifestyle. Amen. Don't do it because you, you, you just want to solve a problem now. No. It's because choose that to live that way. Factor giving into whatever income you receive. Factor your giving. On a regular basis. You know, generosity first is toward God. Hallelujah. If you see um, you know, one of, I'm not, let, let me just say it this way. You know, imagine that you dished a food, a, a plate of food for a two-year-old. Then you now want to take a spoon from me. They say, no! <laughs> you brought it from, you are the one that dished it from the pot. The pot is your own. You gave the child a plate. Now, you could excuse and say, oh, maybe it's just a child. But imagine that he's now 10 years old. Are you understanding me? And then, you dished for him. And then you wanted to take a spoon from what you dished. He starts crying. <laughs> you know that that child is being raised in the community of the stingy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> of course, I know that some parents are not, they don't have matters. You know, I remember the story of a little boy. He's grown now. I think he was four or five at that time. I went to Bielsa to preach. So they brought the guy to my room with his mom and some other people. They came to see me. You know, so the young guy came into the room. Uh, he said, meet Pastor TB. We shook hands, asked him his name. He told me. So I said, okay. He was about to leave. I looked around the room. I said, let me give him something. So I took a pack of biscuits, gave to him. I said, take. He was thanking. Oh, I was so happy. You know, that's how we had seen friends today. That's how we became friends. Wow, he was so happy. So he was still standing with biscuits, just smiling, happy. Then it was time for them to go. All right, you can leave now. As we're going, I said, Pastor. What about juice? <laughs> That's how I like giving biscuits without juice. It was four or, four or five at that time. He said, what about juice? So the mother was embarrassed. <laughs> so she was pulling him. You know? I said, no, 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 no. You know? So I, I didn't think of that, you know, but the, the guy is a smart guy, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it is not complete. Amen. <laughs> So, but the, the reason I'm telling you this story, <laughs> so the mother now said, Pastor, don't worry, I'll get him a drink. And I said, okay, your mom will get you a drink. He said, Pastor, she will not buy. <laughs> now, that's not my fault. Are you understanding me? Okay, so the mo- he has had experience. <laughs> he said, Pastor, she will not buy. Glory to God. Amen. So, our generosity is first to God. Hallelujah. Knowing that He's the one that gave you everything you have. Amen. So, 
Why can't you give him back something? Amen. Do you know that some people are not generous to God? They're not. Even if the Holy Ghost appeared in their room and said, I am Holy Ghost. (laughs) Remove 5K from your salary and give for so so and so. (laughs) You say, you are not Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. So generous to God. Toward God. But one of the ways that you're generous toward God is that you're generous towards the things that represent God. Hallelujah. Because there's nowhere you will go to under the flyover where you will see, drop what you have for God here. <laughs> Amen. Anything for God, drop it here. <laughs> no, there's nowhere. Hallelujah. So how do people give to God? They give to God by giving to the things that represent his interest on earth. There's nothing that represents his interest on earth more than the church. Amen. Nothing. And nothing represents his interest more than the people God sends. Amen. You know, a lot of times people don't know that giving to the body of Christ is there's nothing there's no greater cause you can give for than to the, to give to the church hallelujah most of these um, Ivy League schools Harvard and uh, Princeton and um, the rest of them they are funded Alright? There are people that fund it. Organizations that fund it, right? So there are people that fund it. For the schools have, some of the schools are richer than some state governments of Nigeria. Now, there might be malfeasance. What I mean is misappropriation of funds in the school. It doesn't mean that they will stop funding it. Amen. They will address it and keep funding it. Is that not so? Now, you know, most of the time, people don't understand when Satan has an agenda. And Satan's agenda is never to help you. Glory to God. Satan doesn't have any agenda that will help you. So, if his agenda is to discourage you from giving to the church, it's not because it will help you. It will help you. Glory to God. It will help you. Recently, the attack has been on. Oh, you know, listen to me. Giving to men of God is not a human idea. Hello? No, it's not a human idea. Giving to men of God is, a, is God. It's God's idea. I've, uh, time will fail me, but I would have explained to you the first time in Scripture 
that a prophet's offering was ever given. You know who it was given to? Abraham. Hallelujah. Abraham. At least Abraham and Isaac have similar stories, alright? Where someone took Abraham's wife. Are you understanding me? And then God said, do you know that Abraham is a prophet? Glory to God. It's not, Abraham never announced himself as prophet. Praise the Lord. It was God that was telling him, telling the Abimelech guy. He said, Abraham is a prophet. He said, you are a dead man. Because Abraham is a prophet. It means that there are some wives you can touch, but you cannot touch the wife of a prophet. Amen. He said, do you know he's a prophet? You, you are a dead man. He said, begging. And then God said, give him an offering. Hallelujah. Are we together? Then he took offerings and gave to him. He was not giving him offering for any other reason than that he was a prophet. He was honoring him as a prophet. And then he spoke and prayed for him. Because all the wombs of the women in that community had been closed. In that prayer, their wombs were opened again. Amen. Are you listening to me? So the first time we saw that, was it was God. Am I communicating? Now, we have believers today that don't understand that generosity toward God it also means generosity towards men of God. I'm not talking about these ones that will stop you at the bus and say, I see, I see, I see, I see you, I see you, I see you. I'm not talking about those kind of people. Charlatans. Let me explain to you when the Bible talks about giving to men of God or prophets, what he meant. Let's look at Galatians 6 verse 6. I think I'll read it in um, Amplified. Um, Galatians 6, 6. I've stayed longer than I planned. Okay, let me read um, NLT first. There's, there's NLT or message. Flip to NLT, let me see. Message. Thank you. Let's use message. Read with me. Want to go? Be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience. Now give me Amplified. Read with me. Want to go? Let him who receives instruction in the word of God, share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his support. Let me explain something to you. You know, the only reason why God instructed the priest in the Old Testament not to work is because there is already a work that they are doing. Amen. And their work is that they must bring revelation to God's people. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? And so it was instructed to the others to ensure that then the Levites never had to be hungry. Amen. Now listen. In the New Testament, the pattern is the same. Amen. It's just that in the New Testament, the scripture refers, you know, in the New Testament, all of us are priests. Amen. 
But amongst the priests, there are some of us that are called to minister to the priests. Are you listening to me? You didn't get me. You know the Levites, even in the Old Testament, do you know that all the Levites are not priests? Do you know all Levites are not priests? But all priests are Levites? Hello? So, I might be a Levite, but I'm not a priest. That means that amongst all of us that are Levites, some are priests that minister to even the Levites. That's the same pattern in the New Testament. Glory to God. If somebody is not called of God and can teach the word of God and starts teaching the word of God and starts receiving offering from people, he's a thief. It's not about what you can do. The reason why someone should give himself to the preaching of the gospel in that sense, apart from what regular believers do, is that God called him to do it. Amen. There has to be an authorization from heaven to do it. You know, if nobody teaches you, you will never know. If in all your giving, the people or persons you should give to the most are those that feed you the word of God. Amen. Do you know some people don't know that? They don't know that. So in a service, now someone say, uh, a word, oh, that word, enter. You write it down. You are a true man of God. No, give an offering. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The greatest response to a revelation that hits your spirit is your giving. Amen. Paul was saying it. He was saying, 1 Corinthians 9, a time of filming to read all of it. He was saying it. Listen, if you are here and you have been a Christian, you've been born again, you've been in Renaissance Assembly, and you have been fed God's word, it's your responsibility to ensure that the one that feeds you God's word, that you give. I'm not talking about, you know, if you drop money in the offering bag, it's not given to your pastor. Maybe it's like that in another place. It's not like that here. Amen. Amen. If you look at the, bring the bag, let me show you. The bag does not have any, my name on it. Amen. Glory to God. It's not, yes. It doesn't have my name on it. Glory to God. I've never put my hand in this bag to bring out anything. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When you give in this bag, you are giving to the church. Glory to God. Are we together? Now, that's different. Why are you giving to the church? Because this is where you fellowship. Amen. So, there must be food in the house. Amen. This is where you fellowship. So, you give towards where you fellowship. It's not so that when they want to bury you, they will collect from there and bury you. It's not because of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They say, bury our money or they contribute money. It's not so that when they bury you, <laughs> Oh, glory to God. No, 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 no. You know, is that because this is where you fellowship. You, it's a responsibility to where you fellowship. That's one part of it. The second part of it is, hey, on a personal level, the word or the message 
has blessed me. Oh, the word that came solved the problem for me. Amen. Am I communicating? Then I say, oh, I'm going to be also a blessing to that minister. There are two things you owe. Three, actually. You owe a man of God. Number one is to pray for you, man of God. Amen. I don't know how many of you even kneel down to pray for you. Some of you just kneel and say, Father, I thank you because Pastor B hold inside. Yeah. You are with him. You know I used to do with him. But me, I have problem. Amen. <laughs> no. It's to pray for your man of God. You must pray for your pastor. You will pray. Increase grace. You will pray for sustainability. You will pray for consistency. Amen. There are many things to pray about for a man of God. Amen. You pray. You will be surprised. I pray. You know, I just think I say, whether I will contest for APC election in a... If that thought is coming to my mind. Amen. Are you understanding me? I'm just looking, looking. 2023, 2023. I just say, um, Alison, if we should take over, I'm coming. <laughs> I want to go and run election. <laughs> Amen. You know, it's distraction. Are you understanding me? It started somewhere because nobody was praying. Oh, just, I just said, oh, I want to marry a second wife. I want to marry a second wife. I marry a second wife. Marry a second wife. Ah. After all, Abraham married two. <laughs> it, those thoughts, if you're not praying, it, those things happen. All right? It can happen. Or oh, just hear that one day now, I just stop somewhere. I just say, Give me weed. Give me weed. <laughs> and I said, ah, hey, have you heard what happened to my Renaissance pastor? Hey. We saw him walking on the road doing his suit like this. <laughs> That's why those things happen to ministers. Nobody's praying for them. Amen. Sometimes when ministers say, all oh, you foul spirits out. All those demons will not follow the man of God. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Amen. It's true. The one that was worrying you in your village, all of them. So when you see a man of God that everything is well, are you understanding me? Yes, thank God for his personal faith. But people ought to be praying for the man of God. Amen. So you must pray for your pastor. Not once in a while, every day. And you will see that you will be more blessed because you're praying for him. You'll be receiving better because you're praying for him. Do you know why offense enters your heart sometimes? Because you don't pray for If you are praying for someone, you cannot be offended at the same person. No, you can't. I'm not coming to call me and ask me my name. You didn't have names in this church. These people that I even came with one name. Pastor, don't know your name. Man. <laughs> I'm just counting. Only December, my own My brother, if you are praying for me, I will call you. <laughs> one day, you, I will call your name. It's a spiritual thing. The second thing you owe your man of God is to serve him. To serve him. To serve him. Serving him means that you will help him. Assist him. Glory to God. You know that some people, some people don't know what honor is. Even if they see the man of God carrying box on his head and coming, they say, man of God, strong man. <laughs> strong man, trial. <laughs> it will enter their hearts. 
Then some people don't know why. Some people won't be dodging. No, 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 no. Honor. Glory to God. It's to serve. Assist. You look for ways that will make whatever he does easier. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is he does has to be easier for him. Listen. Do you think what the scripture said in Acts 6 verse 4. It says, it is no reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. He said, choose you among you, men of honest report. Who will appoint over this business? Why was he talking about that? He said, we'll give ourselves continually to pray after the ministry of the word. Why was he talking about that? Because this thing was becoming a distraction. Are you understanding me? Imagine now where we have a love feast in church. Okay, we're eating. Then I'm the one sharing the food. Uh-huh. When I finish, I come and preach. Are you understanding me? I'm the one sharing the food. In short, I cooked it. <laughs> Glory to God. So, I woke up in the morning. You know, just imagine now. I woke up in the morning, the way you, you wake, normally wake up. And then I started cooking. When I finished cooking, and I come to church, and I finish preaching, I finish preaching, I go to the back there and I hold spoon. Glory! <laughs> I start dishing food. <laughs> On Sunday, I won't be in church. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Are we together? So, somebody taking up the responsibility makes it easier for me to do another thing. Glory to God. Am I communicating? So, it's to serve your pastor, your man of God. Every man of God is not your man of God. You honor all men of God, but serve your own. Amen. I, I look at some people, you know, sometimes maybe they do it even to me. Maybe I'm somewhere. Maybe in another town or another city. You just meet someone that says, Are you, are you, Pastor TV Peters here? Yeah, I watch you on television. Ah, let me carry your box for you. He's not carrying his pastor's box. You are, you are a fake. It's only television ministers who used to carry their box. When you finish carrying my box, finish, you will see me on TV next week. But the pastor that prays for you every day comes to visit you, is concerned about you. You've never carried his box. Are you listening to me? I think it was um, Kit Butler. Bishop Kit Butler. He's um, a pastor in Michigan, Detroit. And um, he's an old time minister. People that finished the Rema Bible Training Center like 1983, you know, as far back. So, he came to preach for Pastor Fuji in Lagos. So, I think um, one of the protocol people opened the door for him. I'm not sure what happened, but they opened the door for him. And maybe they didn't open the door for the Pastor Fuji or something like that. So, he turned to the protocol guy and said, Never honor me more than you honor your pastor. He understood what he was trying to share. He said, Never honor me more than you honor your pastor. But there's some people like that. Have you seen some people that won't follow man of God? You know? Give me your book. Stand. So see the man of God. The apostolic bishop <laughs> of Rema Oduduwa Republic. <laughs> now, 
I'm supposed to be carrying his, his Bible and following him. Then, come. <laughs> Let's see another one. <laughs> this is Apostle. Babalola. <laughs> so I'm following this man of God. We are going our way. Then I see, ah, see this man of God. He said, greet him. Greet him. He said, ah, I've heard your Bible, oh. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Are you understanding me? Are you with me? Ah, you see, eh? Don't mind that I'm following this man. You are the real one that I'm following. I'm following you through him. <laughs> Alright, give us a note. Amen, thank you. You don't have to go like that. No. Serve the one that God sends you to follow. Amen. Then number three thing you must do for, is to give to your man. You must give constantly. If all you can give is one naira, be giving it. Give. There are some of you here. If you have been in this church for three years or more, lift your hand, let me see you. More than three years. Stand up. You have been in this church more than three years. Okay. You see, there's some of you that are standing. Apart from maybe even birthday, you've never seen a seed to me. No, that's not the way to function. Thank God that I don't need it. But you need it. Amen. You need it. Maybe somebody that just came two months ago or three months ago, it might not be important. Because they just came. But you've been in this church for three years. It has never entered your heart. You say, oh, glory to God. Today, and the power of God met me greatly. Uh-huh. Oh, I was touched. My life will never remain the same again. <laughs> See now. And that's why it is the wrong people that always will collect money from you. A lady came to our office. She used to come around church. Well, she was worshipping here. So, she ran to come and look for me. And she said, she wants to confess something she did. I said, what? She said she went somewhere because she was looking for help. Someone took her to somewhere. All those kind of people. And so, the person collected 30,000 to pray for her. 30,000, yeah, 30,000 to pray for her. And as he prayed for her, there's something that she was delivered from. I don't want to mention what it is. She had been delivered from. That night he prayed for her, the thing started. So she knew that she had exposed herself to familiar spirits. So she came to look for me. I said, Pastor, look at what has happened. This, this, that, 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 that. So when she was talking, I knew how to help her out. So I ministered to her and she was leaving. So she was going. 
thanking me. Oh, wow, I feel light. I said, go. She said, no, I need to do. She came back and brought 3,000 naira and gave me. I said, you paid 30,000 to collect the problem. Are you understand what I'm saying? You know, carry your money and go. You can, <coughs> are you understanding me? Are you getting the sense? You paid 30,000 to collect the problem. Now the problem is solved. You are giving 3,000. Don't take for granted that your pastors don't charge you. You can't pay if you are charged. You can't pay if you are charged. Amen. Are we together? How much can you pay for revelation? Do you know how many times your life has been saved? Amen. Do you know the, the loss that you've been saved from several times? You can't even measure it. And I want to use this opportunity to correct something because it's important that you know it. If we're going to be a church that will have brethren that are blessed, they must learn these spiritual mysteries. Amen? You must understand it and practice it consistently. Why is it that there are some spaces a man of God will come to and people have multiple testimonies? It's the way they received him. Amen? It's the way they received him. It's the way they received the minister. Listen, the anointing is intelligent enough to recognize when it's celebrated. It is. Praise God. We've had a minister that came here to minister. And we were so blessed. What God told me was to give him a million. We gave him a million. Now, if he goes to his church to minister. Amen. Are you understanding me? The people should know. To value the minister. Am I communicating? We gave him a million. That's what God put in my heart. Said that's what to give to him. Am I communicating? So, now, I was just thinking, because I, maybe I'll use the opportunity to address this. We had moments of prophecy, right? On Sunday. If I was ministering as a guest minister somewhere, and I ministered like that somewhere. It would be different. You know, there is a human side to ministers of the gospel. But the difference between this minister and this minister is discipline. Amen? It's discipline. You're, there are pastors that like going every other place apart from being in their church. You know why? Because people honor them more outside. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, they're going to take this meeting. They're going to take that meeting. They're going to take that meeting. They're going to take that meeting. And there's a reason. Apart from, of course, some have maybe a traveling ministry. I'm not talking about that. You know. But there's a reason. And I've been in ministry long enough to understand it. They've invited me one Sunday to a church. I spoke for 45 minutes. They gave me 450,000. 450,000. I didn't sweat. 45 minutes. 
After they gave me juice, gave me everything. You know what they used to do? You know, another that. I sat down. Then I left. 450,000. That's from the church, apart from what people sold. Are you understanding me? Now, if I come back here and I want to exceed 45 minutes, and I'll be thinking, but why? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? But why? Now, let me say this to you. Anytime we have a special meeting and I minister, sow a seed like you're giving honorarium. Are you listening to me? It's for your blessing. Never forget it. Never forget it. Let it become something we understand here in Renaissance. You see, the thing about giving is that if you don't teach it from generation to generation, it will be lost. There's a generation that won't know it. Glory to God. I went to minister somewhere, and the minister told me, he said, what God put in his heart was to give so so amount. But they didn't have it. He said, I'll keep, I will, I will give it. I will be giving it. And it was a million. Are you listening to me? So the point I'm making here is this. Whenever you come to church, and a prophetic word is spoken over you, I'm not talking about just that you are excited. Michael Jackson got inside you. Are you understanding me? You received. Amen. Always give. Praise the Lord. Put a practice in your spirit. And learn to give money. Amen. The best time to practice generosity is in times of economic depression. Amen. That's the best time to practice generosity. If not, they will lay hands on you. They will lay legs on you. You just discover that all your sicknesses are gone, apart from your poverty. Amen. I get what I'm saying. There are some of you, you don't even, you, you don't have any, you don't tithe, you are not a partner, you don't sow, how you won't do them? Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't tithe. It's not like, okay, you practice tithe. You don't tithe. You don't, you are not a partner. Everyone here, um, um, if you want to give your partnership, see, that's why you'll be looking, counting the ceiling. One, two, three, four, P, partnership. <laughs> As if they're not talking to you. You know, there are some people that, when, you know, in this ministry, there's something we practice, and I encourage everyone to follow through, is the fact that, on any of our pastors' birthdays, especially resident pastors, on their birthdays, the brethren should do something significant for the minister. Hallelujah. How many birthdays can a pastor have? Is it not one? All right? And we encourage that. And what we encourage is that, you see how a pastor, his heart, and I'm speaking for every other pastor here, a pastor's heart is to push your life forward. Are you getting what I'm saying? So on his birthday or her birthday, you will strive to also push their own life 
forward. It's not bad. They say, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's, let's put money together and bake cake. You never chopped cake before. If I want to eat cake every day, I can eat cake every day. Just bake the cake, just eat the center and throw it away. I can do it every day. It don't cost me anything. Amen. Are you listening to me? You push the minister's life forward. I don't know which other chapter is listening to me, but the same thing. Oh, your chapter pastor, especially, the person's birthday is coming. You plan for it. Amen. You will do something that will move him forward financially. Am I communicating? Yes, Don't go and buy him a t-shirt. Singlet. <laughs> I hear some people are still buying books. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a bricklayer? <laughs> Amen. And that's why we come together. Because maybe you alone cannot do it. Let's assume that. Let's assume that. Uh, uh, let me use... One of the pastors, for example, now. let's assume that maybe Pastor Adegunwa or Pastor Perpetua is your resident pastor. Okay? Okay, let me use Pastor Perpetua. Let's assume she's single. Let's assume she's your resident pastor. And then you hear her bed is coming. You'll be thinking of something you will do that will impact her. Status-wise. Amen. That's how to think. Am I communicating? Now, you might not be able to do it alone. So you say, oh, let's do it together. Let's do it together. And then the reason why you are joining forces is so that you can do something impactful. Maybe, I don't know where she stays. Maybe let's assume that she stays in a, in a, in a self-contained. You say, let's move her to one bedroom flats. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those are the kind of things you do for pastors. Are you listening to me? Yeah. There are some brethren, you, are every, you, you know, it doesn't happen in Renaissance anyway, but I know there are some churches, they will drive, their pastor is walking, they will drive and pass the pastor, the Lord is good. <laughs> you, know, you know, this pastor, ah, our pastor, they try you. Do you know he's to check from the junction to this place, he's a real man of God. <laughs> it didn't occur to you, we can do something for our pastor. How can 10 people in a church have car. The pastor that ministers to you every Sunday, every Thursday. I'm not talking about guest minister. He does not have a car. Everybody is fine. You are wicked people. Are you listening to me? Your heart must go out to give to your man of God or your pastor. Some of you enter uh, what's this uh, one? Market Square, yes. Enter Market Square, you're just speaking, you're just speaking, you're just speaking. Your pastor will not enter there. He said, ah, Pastor, what are you doing here? He said, Oh, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for New King James Version. <laughs> and they told me that. <laughs> they told me that they have it in the bookstore. They said, Okay, okay. It should be somewhere that way. You go buy the New King James Version. He's going. You you have um, this one, uh, groceries, this, that. You are pushing it. Say, ah, Pastor, can you help me and push? <laughs> are you listening to me? Don't live your life that way. Don't live your life that way. Listen, listen. It is a blessing to desire 
to see your pastor's life better. It's a demonic spirit that influences people that are angry that the pastor's life is getting better. Listen, I've been in ministry now 24 years, active years, all right? 24 active years. Even if I was in banking, I would be a senior manager. Are you listening to me? If I was in engineering, I read chemical engineering, I would be a senior manager. 24 years. Maybe 30 or 35 years did they retire. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, even if I was in bank, wherever I was, I would not have been poor. Are you listening to me? Say, ah, how can a man of God have... Why, why, why shouldn't I have it? Amen. Why? Why shouldn't they have it? You, why, why, how can an accountant have a car? How can a businessman have a big house? He's a thief. Praise the Lord. Are you with me today? So, listen. Get what I'm sharing with you. Get in your spirit. And start practicing it. Create a system where you always give. Amen. There are people in this church. It's not because they have so much. But they already learned that. They're learning that. And they practice it. There are people that give 300 naira, 500 naira every, every week. They say, there's a guy on television, on TV. He used to be a partner on TV. He used to send recharge card. 200 naira. 400 naira. He say, to the man of God that shared on television. Sometimes, the people that receive, they say, load your phone. Are you understanding me? Don't worry, load it. There are times where he will send, and over a while, we didn't even know. Then we'll see it. But you see something? It's something he has understood. Praise the Lord. He has understood. He has understood. If you are a brother here, the only people that collect money from you, collect, collect money from you are girls. I think you need a new phone. It's about the time you get a new phone. <laughs> You've never shown to your man of God new phone. You go and buy a new phone for sister or girl. Amen. Something's wrong now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let your spiritual values be high. Glory to God. Value spiritual things. Rank them as priorities in your life. So, even if I end here by practicing generosity towards God, it will be okay. Amen. Am I communicating? So, practice it. Whether you are a student, it doesn't matter where you are. Don't you spend money. Amen. You spend money. I found out in my own life. I didn't understand it that way then. But we were all freshers in school. And I just started practicing being the one that will sponsor if we go out to eat. Except I didn't have the money on me. Amen. You know, oh, we're going to eat. Okay. Oh, um, we'll get there. Oh, don't worry. Let me pay for this. Let me pay. Maybe the total amount is 300 naira. I have 250. It's okay. You have 15 naira. Add it. We'll pay. I'll pay for the food. So, people look forward to following you to go and eat. I was doing it because I believe that generosity is my lifestyle. Well, let me tell you something that I was surprised about. What surprised me is that it's been how many years I'm still the one paying for them. 
You know what's happened? The moment you start paying for people like that, it's like God has given you the lead. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So we practice generosity. If you are a naturally stingy person, pray for yourself. Amen. Are you understanding me? You know that pool like that? <laughs> this is my little. <laughs> Sometimes they even say little. There's this um, reggae slang, little. This my little will not even be enough for me. And so, they can't give to anybody. Praise God. Do you know there are some people that when they receive their salary, a dime doesn't go any other place. Praise God. Nobody. Nobody. There is no beneficiary. They are the sole beneficiaries. Amen. You know what? You will keep begging. You will keep begging. You work. You do a small job. You get small money. Start learning to give out of small. Listen. Anybody that is a giver will know. Do you know? 10% of 10,000 is what? Answer me now. 10% of 1,000 is... Okay, let's start with 10% of 1,000 is what? Good. 10% of 10 million is what? 1 million. Giving 100 naira from 1,000 naira is not the same as giving 1 million from 10 million. The only person that will argue is the person that has not done it before. I've done the two. Giving 100 naira from 1,000 and giving 1 million from 10 million, they're not the same. Are you listening to me? I give half of what I have. I always give half of what I have. Please, what do you have, sir? I, 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 I have one K. Five hundred naira from one K and five hundred K from one million is not the same. It takes greater a largeness of hearts to give five hundred from from a million. Are you listening to me? I know you will never give 500 for 1 million because even God tells you that that 1,000 should give all, you will start binding the voice. Every voice contrary to my destiny, I silence it. (laughs) Can God ask for your all? Yes, sir. I said, can God ask for your all? Yes, sir. He can. God can ask for your all. When he asked for Isaac, it was Abraham's all. Amen. He can ask for your all. It's called, there's what we call sacrificial giving. Amen. There's sacrificial giving. Some people don't know that. They don't know that in the kingdom. 
Do you know why many ministers are blessed? I'm not talking about the 409 people that are doing ministry. There is fake everything in this world, though. Do you know that? There are fake politicians, you know. There are fake police, fake army. Fake everything. Fake fine girl, fake everything. <laughs> you mean that everything on our body is not real? <laughs> Amen. Fake. They are fake everything. There's nothing that there's no fake. There's fake pan of God. Amen. Fake pastor. Glory to God. That means he's not a pastor. There are fake churches. But it doesn't change the fact. A guy told me. He said he stopped going to church because there are fake churches. And I looked and he was wearing a designer that I know. And I said, do you know they are fake designer? I said, yes. I said, but you are still wearing designer. He said, he didn't get it. I said, no. Since they are fake designer, don't wear designers again. He said, no, you will know the real one. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He said, well, you will know the real one. Amen. You go and know the real one. Amen. Am I communicating? I was trying to say something. There's something I was saying before I got to the fake. I was saying something before I got to the fake. Now, what, my point is this. From where you are, hallelujah, practice generosity. Amen. Am I communicating? Practice generosity. Stop looking at, oh, oh, uh, it's because they are fake this and that's why no 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 give start practicing it look at your neighbor say practice generosity experience and then you will experience generosity now you know some of you the excuse you give now is that you know because of these COVID things have been hard listen listen are you expecting some of you are expecting that in this COVID someone should give to you is what you expecting <laughs> lie lie listen Listen, in the same way you expect that someone should give to you, give. Praise the Lord. I saw a beggar on the road. And I've seen beggars in different parts of the world, even in London. Seen beggars on the road. And I said, that, do you know that this guy can stop begging? He said, how? I said, all the money he has collected here, he should just go and give it. But he never enter his heart to give. It will never enter his heart to give. That's why he will keep begging on that place. You come and sit down there again. You come and sit down there again. You want to reverse begging. Start practicing giving. Start practicing giving. From my first year in school, I had somebody that I was taken care of in school. He's not my biological brother. He's not my biological relative in any way. The guy was even older than me. Are you understanding me? Are you where are you mean? Let's assume that maybe I was 19 or 18 or thereabout. He was 23 or 24. He was in school. He, he, the person I was supposed to train him in school had a problem with him. I was not concerned. But I said, okay, what will happen is that we'll share my weekly. Then they used to give me weekly. What do you call that thing now? Upkeep. You know? So, so I'll return on Sunday evening from town. When I return, he's waiting for me. 
I will not bring out the envelope. I will give him his own portion. Amen. But he was a student like me. We were feeding students. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Say, student life. I'm a student too. I'm supposed to be poor. Which scripture says so? There's no scripture that says so. Start practicing giving as a student. There are students there you can decide that you're going to be giving every time. It might be 100 naira, it might be 200 naira. Glory to God. Every week you can say, I'm going to feed one student every week. Follow me, let's go and eat. Buy food for him. Amen. You will start seeing the same experience will start coming your way. Amen. Am I communicating? Amen. How many of you are receiving what I'm sharing with you? How many of you are still thinking how you want to continue your stinginess? Don't be stingy. Every time we are complaining, oh, things are tough, things are tight, things are tight. I'm showing you how not to make it tight. Hallelujah. I was somewhere and um, let me not share that story. Amen. Lift your hand. Say, I will practice generosity and I will experience generosity. Say again, I will practice generosity and I will experience generosity. Amen. Father, we thank you for this. We receive it with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message